Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week three of our sermon series called Overwhelm, where what we're doing is examining a couple of overwhelming places in our lives to see what it is that God has to teach us about facing and then overcoming when life gets to be too much. So to to get into our topic this morning, I'm going to start by telling you about a crazy busy week I had to see if you might just be able to relate to this. So starting off on Friday, which is supposed to be a day off for me, I had to do a funeral in Hayes. What you guys need to know about doing funerals is that you want to do it well. You not only have to meet with the family early on in the week, but you got to spend anywhere from five to seven hours getting everything ready, which in turn is stacked on top of an already full schedule. Then on Saturday, because my kids really, really wanted to go, we made a little trip to to the Little Apple to not only enjoy some tailgating, but also to attend the K-State kitty cat game. (laughs) That's right. You heard me call them the kitty cats. You call my team the Gooners, so you're the kitty cats. But I do have to give the kitty cats prop. They they beat the Kansas uh, chicken hawks. Is that what you guys are called? Uh, So I got to give some props on that deal there. So the game starts at six, right? And the reason why I mentioned that fun little fact is, for those of you who are not aware, I have to work on Sunday morning, and when a game starts at 6, it doesn't get over until 9.30. And then, not only do you have to take the two-hour ride back home, right, but you're leaving the stadium with 65,000 of your closest friends. So it takes a little bit. So needless to say, uh, it caused me to get home well after my bedtime. On Sunday, I pop out of bed around 6 a.m., proceed to the church where you people require me to preach four Sundays on Sunday morning. After church, it's lunch with the family. Then there is a mandatory afternoon nap, followed by folding all the laundry. That's right, you guys can call me Mr. Mom when it comes to the laundry. And then to end the day, my wife and I went to dinner with some congregation members to help them celebrate um, an incredible moment in their life, which we love doing, but got us home around 9.30. Monday morning, I pop out of bed around 7 a.m., yell at my girls to get ready, get myself ready, and we're out the door by 7.30-ish. Drop them off at school and then head straight to work. And you guys know about this work thing, right? Everybody know what work is? The place you go to do what it is that you do to serve God and provide for your family, which of course is fantastic and wonderful, but it also comes with a whole lot of stress and takes a whole lot of time. Well, for me in a nutshell, what that looks like is a morning filled with writing sermons, then followed by everything else that needs to get done, right? Putting out any fires that come up, if someone happens to be in the hospital, making those trips, whatever that may be. But on this particular Monday, because I strive to be a good father, I leave work about two o'clock to make it to a seventh grade basketball game in Garden City. How many of you have driven that lovely drive to Garden City? Oh, it's fantastic, right? So watch the game. We get something to eat afterwards, drive the very scenic two-hour drive back to Great Bend. And after we get home, I sit in my chair and get to watch TV for about 30 minutes until 8.15. Because at 8.15, it's time to read with my daughter, Cora, because that's how she goes to bed. 
after story time and at study time, and that every weeknight I usually take at least an hour to do some research regarding the sermon series that I'm working on at this point. And then at 10 p.m., I finally get to my favorite place in all the world, my bed. Can I get an amen? Right? Tuesday starts off with a day of work. Then after work, I force myself to go to the gym to get in a quick workout, which I do to stay healthy and to keep from punching people in the face. But that's my problem. Then it's on to another teaching engagement that evening that gets me home around 9.30ish. On Wednesday, there's more work, followed by Wednesday night dinners. Then I teach a class from 6.15 to 7.15. Then starting at 8 is a board meeting, which again gets me home about 9.30. Thursday was another great day of kicking butt and taking names at work. After work, I then attended another basketball game. Luckily, it was in Great Bend. After that, went to help serve a meal at the core community. Then right after that, made it just in time to watch the first half of my youngest daughter's soccer game, only to leave at halftime to attend another important meeting at the church, which finally got me home about 9 o'clock that night. So I ask you, how many of you know this place? or know this overwhelming existence of constantly running around like a chicken with your head cut off, in that even though your life doesn't look exactly like my life, because your work is different, you have different obligations, yet still it's the same. It's a lot, and you feel overwhelmed. Truth is, I think we all know this place. We all know what it means to live crazy, busy, overwhelming lives. But now that we have named that place, let me offer you what I believe to be Jesus' solution to all of that madness. And I want you guys to get this. This will change your life if you're feeling overwhelmed at this point. So Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, What I think Jesus is doing here in regards to this topic that's not obvious right away is he is trying to get us to see in the midst of our chaotic lives, we need to set some priorities. Or in other words, we need to admit to ourselves that we can't do it all and then figure out what God is calling us to do and just do that. Or to make this practical, for me, after years and years of trying to do it all, right? Burning the candle at both ends because in a sense, that's what I thought God wanted from me in one of those moments where I was in over my head. In fact, so much so that I was even getting to the point where I was looking up how to become a teacher because I didn't know how much longer I could make it in ministry. That's when God finally showed up and hit me over the head and helped me to see that not only could I not do it all, I mean, because doing it all is impossible, but but neither is God asking me to do it all. Or in that moment of, of being covered over by the avalanche of life, which by the way, for the most part, I was doing to myself, that's when God showed up and helped me to see that all he is asking of me is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And for me, what it looks like to seek first the kingdom is again, not to do it all. That's impossible. But to give myself to the two things he has called and created me to do at this moment in my life while trusting God with the rest. Or for me, at this point in my life, what seeking first the kingdom of God looks like is first of all, 
raising up two strong, intelligent, well-adjusted girls so they can go out and do great things with their lives. Or, or to be this kind of launching pad, providing my girls with everything they need to go out and live the lives that God has created them for. That's number one. That's my number one call. Along with striving to be the best minister I can be. Those are the two things. And then how I keep those priorities, or then how those priorities keep me from being overwhelmed, or at least help me to live a more balanced life, because let's be honest, I'm still a work in progress, is that when someone asks me to do something, or, or when an opportunity arises, no matter how good it may seem, or how much I may want to do it, if it doesn't fit into what God has called me to do and be at this point in my life, then I say no. Or another way to think about it is, based on my God-given priorities, I've set up these boundaries. I've set up walls around my life. And if it doesn't fit, I don't let it in the room. Or to take this even further, if you want me to get really honest with you guys, in those moments where I am trying to do it all, or to be all things to all people, which is what ministers are really good at doing, that's when I have to take a moment and admit to myself, that I'm not God. The world is not dependent on me. The world does not revolve around me. I've got to accept the truth that I'm just a very, very small part of God's infinite plan. And I need to learn my place. And what I think all of that means for all of you is that if you really do want to step out of the rat race of life, if you really want to do... If you really want to get out from underneath this feeling of overwhelmness that has taken over, then what you need to do is you too need to seek first the kingdom. And what that's going to look like for you is based on who God has created you to be, you need to figure out two to three things that, that you're supposed to be doing. And it could be your work, your kids, your family, some kind of dream that God has put in your heart, whatever it is at this point in your life, and give yourself completely and totally to doing that by letting everything else go. That's the hardest part, by letting everything else go. If it doesn't fit, don't let it in. And here's the thing. When you do that, what I think you're going to discover is not only will you feel more balanced and less overwhelmed on a day-to-day -day basis, maybe even experiencing some joy, but I also think you will discover that in doing this, it will make you better at being human. Or even more than that, it'll help you become more efficient for the kingdom of God. And all because instead of living a life that, that is spread out doing a whole bunch of things with very little energy and focus, because let's be honest, that's what an overwhelmed life looks like. It's just spread out doing all sorts of things. You will be able to completely and totally give yourself to the specific things that God has called and created you to do. And then because of that focus, you will have the ability to make a real difference where you live. Or to give you a visual of this, I want you to think back to when you were a kid and you used to use a magnifying glass to concentrate the heat of the sun on those poor ants or starting fires. Is that anybody else do that or is that just me? That's what you're doing with your energy in your life as you give yourself to seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what God is asking of you. 
And then to understand how all of this fits into God's big picture for the world. Remember, the way God designed his church to work is like a body with many parts. And that God didn't create any of us to do it all, to keep up with it all. No, the way God designed his church to function is he made all of us different. He, he gifted us with different passions and different skills, like different parts of a body. So that as we do what we have been called and created to do, combined with everybody else doing the exact same thing, think Voltron here for those of you who are nerds, we become one body with different parts, all working together for the same goal. Right? The way I do kingdom work is going to look drastically different than yours, but my work is no more important than your work. We're all working towards the same goal, bringing heaven to earth or causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which again puts into perspective all God is asking you to do. In fact, all God needs you to do, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. It's not complicated. You just got to learn how to say no. You got to figure out what God is calling you to do. So, now that you get it, here's your assignment. If you are someone who has never taken the time to figure out who God has called and created you to be, that's where you have to start. And very simply put, I think the best way to do that is while taking into account your gifts and passions, or in other words, what it is you like to do and what it is that you're good at, you need to begin to ask yourself the question, where is it that I can make a difference? What is it that God needs me to do for his kingdom? And then just go do that. It's not going to be warm and fuzzy. There's not going to be a halo and light and all this stuff. No, you just go do that. And then for those of you at this point who already have some priorities, so I have this, um, yet still find yourself being overwhelmed, this is, this is my problem. What I would encourage you to do is to learn how to say no a bit more effectively. It's okay to say no. Or the principle that, that I find myself coming back to um, when I find it hard to say no is that, that good is the enemy of the great. Good is the enemy of the great. And what that puts into perspective for me is that if I want to be great, not just good at what God has called me to do, if I really do want to make a difference for the kingdom, then that takes saying no to a whole lot of good things that I could be doing so I can say yes to being great at this one thing that God has called me to do, or these two or three things that God has called me to do. Good is the enemy of the great. It's okay to say no. That's the way God created you. So, the way I see it, the only way you're going to find some relief from this crazy, busy life that you're living, besides just giving up and walking away, is you got to give yourself to doing what God created you to do. Or you got to seek first his kingdom and then trust God for the rest. Do it. It'll change you forever. Let us pray. Father, truth is, it doesn't usually matter what stage of life we're at. It doesn't matter if we have kids at home or kids are away. It doesn't matter if we don't have kids at all. We live crazy, busy, overwhelming lives. There's a whole lot of stress and anxiety that goes along with that. Um, there's some hopelessness that's wrapped up in that. And so my prayer this morning is you will help us to see that it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be the kind of people that are running around with 
like chickens with our head cut off. We, we don't have to, to be the kind of people who are so spread thin that we can't really do anything well. And ultimately, because all you're asking us to do is to seek first your kingdom, to do what it is you have called and created us to do, and then to trust you with the rest. So help us, O oh Lord, not just to know that today, but to go out and live it so we truly can live less overwhelmed, more fruitful, more enjoyable lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.